This episode of Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. All right, Luca Nation. Let's start today's Monday brain dump. Not the by, brain dump. Not like off the record talking. We're, we'll talk on the record. So it just pushes record. I the, topic, the topic of today's conversation is slang terms boomers don't understand. So exactly. use this opportunity. This is a giveaway, 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 giveaway. Insert bells. Drop some terms, some slang that you never no, understood no, no. in the comments. There's one term. Mid bussin. Mid bussin. No, those I know. This isn't even a term. I'm Andrew is younger than me. I know you guys. They people who have tuned in early on know that because Andrew looked like he was 28 years old and I looked like I was 50. But if you tune in in the last <laughs> six months now, Andrew looks older than me now. I mean, like I've lost a lot of weight. Andrew's found it. And, you know, he's done this crazy thing with his, like, his, I don't know, he looks like Moses. He's got, like, tablets. He's got, like, a whole thing going on. So so I'm going to let the boomer, Andrew, ask me, the young guy here, the hip, cool cat. Like, What does eating Kit Kats in the shower really that mean? Was, so before this, what I said to Andrew was figuring he's younger than me. And, he, you know, he's up with the hip slang. He talks to the youngsters. You know, he high posts in the club. I don't. I was wondering, you know, if, he, if there was some sort of a urban dictionary term here or there's something I should be known because, you know, card porn is being attacked, which is weird um, because they're just kind of like a nothing now. I mean, they don't really I don't even like see any posts from them anymore. Um, so it's weird to like it, it, it. You know, it's it's like it's like saying Lamar Odom's not a bad basketball, not a good basketball player anymore. Like, OK, the time to attack Lamar Odom has come and gone. You know, I mean, OK, you know. I mean, let's talk you about it. you got to pounce when the moment is. is right. But so like all can't. of a sudden, you know, I see a bunch of people. I'm, I'm great for them. They're making names. I mean, Hobby Shark and AIH and all these guys. But And I have no problem with it. They get through their thing. My specific question was, they keep saying card porn eats Kit Kats in the shower. And they even have, like, little pictures of, like, Kit Kats and, like, little, like, emoji Kit Kats. And they eat Kit Kats. So I said, all right, let me come on here before we go live, not to make this an episode. I said, hey, Andrew, I got to ask you, you're, you know, you're a young, ha- happening kid here. What does it mean? Guy. What does it mean to eat Kit Kats in the shower? Like, is that saying something bad? Is it some sort of like, you know, is it like, you know, is it like getting a dirty Sanchez? Like, what, is, what does it mean? You know, you know what that is? Do I have to teach you that? I don't know how graphic you want to be for our listeners. Right. But, but, so, but I don't know. But that's what I mean. Like I don't know what a, what a, what a, eating a you know a Kit Kat in the shower means. I have you no know idea. those guys with pitchforks you described? You're no. them. Their marketing is for you. Their marketing. Their marketing is for you. So how am I them? I'm just asking you about a Kit Kat in the shower, thinking <laughs> like, hey, if this means something, just I go better. get a Kit Kat. We all know what it means. You want your, to get a Kit Kat. As soon as you saw that Kit Kat, you're like, do I go get Julie's no, coffee dude, run Kit, early? There are Kit Kats in the kitchen here from Halloween that I don't even touch them. 
Like I, they, they, they go in the bucket with the Smarties, and like the Tootsie Roll. They're like not even worth my time. Kit Kat. Kit Kat, gross. I want to like yes and improv you here. So what do you? No, but but so the answer is you. There is no saying that we're aware of. This is not like something. It's not like a a specific terminology, some term of art that youngsters are using. It's not this. My days of being a part of the cool kid crowd are long gone, man. I'm a 33-year-old who likes to talk about sports, watch the NBA, and collect graphics of cards. You know, like... Huh. That's a fun way of saying collect graphics because you don't actually get the cards. They're just in an electronic vault somewhere. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. It, so no, like, dude, me listen, being I didn't want to make an out of it, but... Any chance I had to be a part of the cool crew, I was blocked like a week ago, and then two weeks Dude, ago, I, I, had a th- I had a th- I had a message saying I don't want to piss off the wrong people. So like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right, I, what well, I want well, to talk about is how mid Kirk Cousins is. Did you see the graphic the Warps posted? No. That Justin Jefferson is the first ever wide receiver to catch nine balls that were thrown his way, even though the catch probability was less than 50%. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, he was throwing it to double coverage. You throw, I mean, this is, is the game. Justin Jefferson amazing? Or, and I, I, I literally, you, you ragged your brain today about Kit Kats and showers. I was looking through statistics of old quarterbacks to find someone to compare Kirk Cousins to. That was my day, Cage. And I could I mean, not find a comp. I could not find a single comp. A Kirk Cousins comp. Um, Joe Flacco? No, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. And Joe okay, Flacco had a cannon. Before, an absolute cannon. Before he was, unaccu- he was inaccurate. He had a good team around him. He wasn't the reason why the team had any success. And... He Vito. threw up a lot of 50-50 balls. I mean, I'm just coming up with names. Kirk Cousins is a 50-50 ball thrower. And you're able to do that when you have guys who are out there who can catch the ball. You, you say he's not talented. I say he's just got faith in Justin Jefferson. He's got faith in the people that they put around him you know, to catch passes. So why not um, throw those passes in games that don't – like, why wait till the end of the game? You to don't just- have to. I mean, he's throwing Justin Jefferson like that because you, you're – that's why they call it a Hail Mary, right? You've been to church, you've like pray, like you don't do a Hail Mary when you don't have to throw up a prayer. So I think Vikings fans would agree with me. They're kind of sick of the close games. They're, this team is so talented that they should be able to bear eight and one, and the only loss is to a team that's eight and no. I don't think they're sick of anything. I think they're pretty uh, thrilled. I think Vikings fans are pretty thrilled. You want to call them cardiac kids? Sure. But this year, in one score games, they're undefeated. Seven and zero, I think, in one score games. If, if my stats were right from yesterday's one yeah. show, so last year they were on the other end of that. Listen, they, this this is what happens. This is today's day. This is today's game, right? I mean, just like basketball is almost unwatchable for me now because there's no such thing as defense anymore. And and I mean, in in one night where Darius Garland scores fifty one points, it doesn't matter because Joel Embiid scored fifty nine. The Knicks Thunder game was like four hundred points scored between the two hundred and eighty. There's like no defense at all. Why? Because everybody's chucking. Because it's better to take those shots that you have a thirty percent chance of hitting, right? Take take three shots that you have a thirty eight percent chance of hitting instead of two shots that you have a fifty percent chance of hitting, and those three shots are worth three points each. It's the same thing as football. Football has become look, go get a guy to throw the ball up to Randy Moss. 
go get a tight end who can, you know, catch the ball, throw it up, and, you know, hopefully your guy can make a play. Burrow did it all the way to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, his cousin's not good, sure. But here, here's the thing, dude. You, a football team can't pay for everyone, right? So, so They paid so, for Cousins, and he's the yeah. worst contract in history. They would be but they better able to pay for, for quarterback. But they were able to pay for Cousins because they didn't have to pay Justin Jefferson yet. They didn't have to pay the other talent that's around them. Even Hawkinson, who they traded for, has a team-friendly deal through next year. Um, you know, you just you can't get them all. Tell me somebody who has them all in the league right now. Let me explain. Okay. Even the, even the Chiefs, they were able to keep Mahomes, who you love, but watched Tyreek Hill walk because you can't have it all. That's what a salary cap does. So I love Vikings fans, and I love this franchise because I saw them at the hands of Aaron Rodgers get decimated for basically a decade. Okay. And now I'm like, they have an incredible, talented team, and I'm seeing this inept quarterback. I can't. I can't even think He's of it. one. How's he in it? Just pause. Be at the helm of this team. When I'm like, oh man, I already see this coming. They're going to be oh so close. The game, as it always does, comes down to the quarterback, and this guy looks like a deer in the headlights. Either going to get sacked, or he's going to throw up a hail mary ball to Justin Jefferson. Those are literally the only two options, and you have to hope that he bails them out. They even almost lost that game yesterday, Cage, despite how um, everything broke in their favor. Think about that. They almost lost that game even though everything broke in their favor. So what? It's football. Okay. The wildly interesting episode for me. You want to talk about Kit Kats in the shower, and actually what we're here for is football, you go blank screen. No, so so what what is your point? Kirk Cousins is not a great quarterback. You can't have a great quarterback and great talent around you for a length of time in the NFL. He's as good as they're going to be able to get. Uh, what are you planning on doing? So so Kirk Cousins is bad. Granted, what's next? You want to talk about football? What, what what's the next part? I can I can tie it back to my Kit Kats because you love the Minnesota fans. You feel for the Minnesota fans. What's skull? What's skull mean? S K O L that they all say skull. See, you're no use to me, man. I mean, I don't know what that means either. But you know, you're you're the you're the one who brings up the Vikings. You're you know you 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 spend time today looking up quarterback comps, but skull. They will say S K O L. What does that mean? What's that? I mean, look it up for me while we're, while we're doing this. I don't even know what it means. But skull S K O L. I don't know what it is. It means but they cheers. All have, they all have signs up. Is it, it means like a, cheers in Danish? Cheers in according, Danish, according okay. to Google. So skull. They all say it. You know, I see the Vikings fan skull. School. Okay. It's actually a Danish, Norwegian, Swedish word. Could use a Danish. I mean, Bro, so are you hungry? Vikings. Are you like not eating carbs? And what what's happening? No, I'm definitely not eating carbs. I'm, I've lost a lot of weight. I'm not eating carbs, but that's not it. No, I. Let's. What's it? We're ten minutes in. I asked you a question you couldn't answer. Then you turned it into this episode. Then you bring in Kirk Cousins, who we all know is terrible. Like, what do you expect me to say as a conversation part of Cousins? Do you also want me to defend Matt Turner again? Do I have to go down the road of episodes that I can't? I That's can't, the come. How me to defend, could I not understand? You defend okay, so here, here, I'm buying Justin Fields today. Tell me why I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. You're 100%. You, you, if you're buying Justin Fields today, you, I better, bought be, you better be ready to sell him like next week. Right. As a matter of fact, if you buy it today, you better get it in hand to get your ass on a plane and fly out to the Chicago show this week and sell them there. Because that would be a perfect strategy. So you're, you're not a believer in fields long term? No, how can you be? 
how can you be? Were you a believer in 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 Michael Vick long term? Were you a believer in Randall Cunningham long term? Were you a believer in any of the Lamar even Lamar? I like Lamar, but I'm not a believer in Lamar long term either. Because the style of play does not allow for longevity. It's exactly the reason why you don't like Josh Allen. And Fields is even more extreme version of the run first quarterback. I love what he's doing. I, I think it's great. You know, for a single season, it's almost like Aaron Judge putting up those home runs. And then what happens, right? It's 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 almost the same thing. I love what Fields is doing. He's going to put up some interesting, interesting. Interesting, interesting. He's going to put up some great numbers. I think he has 700-something rushing yards already. Do you remember when we were at the Chantilly show, we sat down with Mike Vick, and I said, who's the next quarterback has got a shot at 1,000 yards? And he said, no one. I said, but Lamar's doing He says, yeah, he's got a shot to do it a couple of weeks. You can get 100 yards a couple of weeks, but not do it over the length of a season. That was a couple of weeks ago. Fields is going to get 1,000 yards, clearly. I have the audio show. I'm going yeah, to do, ma- uh, do a mashup of all of like the – because we did like five, ten-minute podcasts at Chantilly with – Mattingly, Vic, Bailey, and then Terrell Davis, but he said don't air this, so I'll just probably put a song over that one. Um, and I'll do a mashup. It'll be fun. Yep. You guys could listen to my amazing questions. And mash Katie. up. Mash up. I like it. It'll mash it up. All no, right. So, I mean, I like Fields. You, you're asking me about, about Fields. You are you're amazing for our audience because our audience also woke up today and said, you know what? Fields is awesome. That's two straight weeks. Of great stuff. I've seen story after story about how hard this environment is. And, and Fields Silver PSA 10, Prism Rookie, is the card that people post in their story. They show how much it was last year. Then they show how much it was coming into the season. Then how much it was week one, then week four. And all it's done is go like this, 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 this. So your thought, of course, is, wow, shit, I can get him as a bargain now. I get him. He's my contrary player. I mean, well, that's okay. a supply shock. The time to get him? was two, three weeks ago, before this happened, and sell it now. Now, anybody who has held fields, this is your exit time. And the exit liquidity, once again, is you, Mr. Goldberg. Hmm. Because, Justin Fields, here's your window. You have a window of fields right now of, of possibly six or eight weeks. Possibly Possibly six to seven weeks. A month and a half to get rid of fields. Why? This team's not making the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? He's not making the playoffs. He's not making the playoffs at all. So, so what do you have? A couple more weeks where where you're buying Fields, hoping that he has a thousand yard, twelve hundred yard rushing season, and it's that, that's pretty awesome for a quarterback. Fantastic. What's the upside from now? People are already baking that into the price that they're paying this week because he's over seven hundred yards. So, what's the what's the what's the potential exit? He has two hundred yards rushing next week. Okay, maybe it costs up 15 percent from there. Sell it if you haven't sold it now. Now's the time to sell, not buy. <laughs> what did you and Jaden Wolf talk about t- today? We talk about shows. We talk about the Boston show. She has some great points, man. Even I learn about great points. It, you know, there are there are there are parts of the hobby that, um, and this is good, man. It's like a preview of the show. We'll release it probably Wednesday or something like that. But but it's, I really enjoy sitting down and talking to her. Like I can talk for three hours because she sees parts of the of the the hobby collecting circle of life that we don't get exposed to even going to a show unless you do what she's doing you don't see it and one of the cool things we talked about today are repacks and the role of a repacker not just going to a show where you know there are repackers going to be there how does that change the inventory you bring how does that change how you approach a show from a a somebody who's doing like mystery packs 
right? Somebody who's, you know, you, I got a hundred packs, you know, here's the 10 high end, here's some, you know, whatever it is. And I'm going to make sure that everybody gets at least 60% of their buy-in, maybe 70% of the buy-in, you know, but some people are really going to do well. It caps the high side, you, you basically repacks, you know, I mean, and there are some big time repackers who do it. And we really, you know, I asked a, a lot of questions because to end it, basically the story I have was it's all symbiosis, right? It's all part of the, the ecosystem of the hobby, you know, that those repackers, they can provide, um, you know, an opening experience with a little bit of a gamble with a capped upside and a capped downside for people who want to buy rather than buying sealed product, right? But more importantly, they also provide liquidity flow into the market. You go to a show and you're a dealer and you know already that you can you can offload some of your inventory to these guys at a low price because they're going to have to resell it in the mystery packs mm -hmm. of the whole deal. You now have capital to buy cards from foot traffic during the show. Right. You, you also you wholesale to the in a way you are the Costco providing yeah. these repackers inventory. And if you are a good Costco, you know, the specific type of cards that this repacker might want to sell it's to the money, full of money. And I mean, you know, in the beginning of the season, right, let's say you took a gamble on two quarterbacks. You took a gamble on Mac Jones and Justin Fields. OK, well, maybe week six. You were selling both of them to the repackers, right? Or maybe you held on to them. These, you know, repacks now feels is huge for them in Chicago. You know what I mean? And they're paying more. Like, it allows you to take your gamble on stuff. And you as a dealer, you're also capping your 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 low side because you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to offboard right. the quarterbacks, you name it, in season to these guys who now are going to be able to sell a fields as one of their big ticket items in their repack. You know? so, so is the is the cycle of hobby life? Is it buy slabs, put go to a show and set them out, set them up, and if do that for two three weeks, and if no one hit, no one buys, move them to wholesale, get them into a repackers hands, get cash and rebuy. It's part of it. And the other the other thing that was fun that we talked about is how you know we talked about it with um, the Cardfall, the Burbank. Uh, Rob Ferris, right? We talked about how um, your um, observations from the Dallas show about how basically just people are cutting each other's heads off. It's like, I'm going to buy here for 60% yeah. next week, go to comp, the show and sell the same for 120. You know, like, comp cutters. If you guys want to create a show, comp cutters, I take 5% royalty. And you layer in performance that there is still a gamble. And what, what, what Black Chain Wolf talked about on it was, you know, look, you have to make your play. Right. It's not just I'm going to buy something now and sell it in two weeks for more money. That worked two years ago. That worked a year and a half ago when everything was going up. OK, great. But now the, the ones you are going to make money on are the ones that are performing. And that's why she said her preseason plays were Hertz and Tua. So you for two. it's not always going to be correct. Those were two good plays. And even in a quote unquote down market, those are plays that can sell and she has sold some and is continuing to sell some now we talked about the world cup and when to sell some world cup stuff read into it today like now so um yeah i mean a lot of showcase on the world cup stuff um you know every auction house basically has got some big end world world cup stuff going on in their auctions now um this yeah, world cup can be a disaster this world yeah. cup could be a huge disaster as long as they have Kit Kats and showers, we're good. Dude, get it off your mind. This anyone who I just wants to know what it means. Somebody onto a show, disable the comments. 
disable the comments. He's still easily distracted. <laughs> this so guy is, is so interesting. What an interesting fellow. <laughs> I had a call with him the other day, and then I was like, Cage, you know, it's a little hard to hear you. It's like, fuck, fuck. It's a, it's a stupid case that I get on top of my phone, and sometimes it, like, it, it pulls a fuck. All these Drew Bledsoe cards all over the fucking. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, but no, dude, this this World Cup could be an absolute disaster. It's poorly marketed. It's going to be so expensive to do anything in Qatar, and there's no like, they're not even marketing Ronaldo and Messi's last World Cup. This can be a shit show, and I'm very aware. Not for cards, cards. I don't think soccer cards ran as much, so there's not like that issue. But I'm. This could be a very weird World Cup. I'll, I'll put it that way. Unprecedented World Cup. Hmm. They've never had it in Thanksgiving. It's already in a country that's never hosted a World Cup. Everything is so expensive. Do you see where they're putting people to sleep in? Yes. Uh, they're uh, containers. 200 bucks a night for containers. Yeah. I saw that. It's pretty amazing. They should build it here. Get rid of like homelessness. Pretty cool. Solving two different problems with one solution. Like we're entertaining people in like the richest country in the world in shipping containers, and then here we're solving. For, I don't know, man. What do I know? It could be amazing. What else is top of mind? Anything that's? I mean, are you excited for World Cup, man? I mean, we're days away from that thing starting off, right? I mean, it's this week it starts. Yeah, but what it's going to be? Here's the issue. First off, World Cup is tough because international teams don't play a lot together. But then you add in now club teams are playing and international teams had no flow. So the first three games, it's just going to be chaos. And soccer doesn't fit like chaotic soccer is not good soccer. Soccer where you know all of your teammates and their movements and you can pass and move and really understand your teammates well, that's good soccer. I, I'm worried that it's going to be shitty soccer for the first for group stages. We'll get two or three good games, quarterfinal semis. Maybe a few beautiful goals, and then that'll be it's it. Part of the reason why I thought Croatia, because it's the same team, they play together, they know each other. Serbia, I think, is uh, another dark horse. You know, good team. They don't have these superstars that are coming in and you know going to try to fit in and, and all that other fun stuff. So, like, think about it. Down. One week ago, let's say Tottenham played Arsenal, and Harry Kane was going against like uh, Saka. Right? They're competitors. They're trying to kill each other. Then a week later, they're supposed to be best friends and teammates and know how the, how each other plays. Yeah, it's it doesn't even make any sense. So it's Listen, really... I'm selling my stuff now. This week I got I got a whole bunch of Muscaca cards. You know, um, SGC ten from Bundesliga. You know the Bundesliga Chromes. I got a whole bunch of those. They're up. They're for sale. You're That's addicted a... to the cash, to, to the cash and the T bills. No, he made the team. I mean, the injury helped, but he made the team. Muscaca. Talk to me about those T bills that you recommended a little while ago. That people <laughs> um, bills. No, I, I bills. What are they called? I bills. They're inflation. They're inflation. Uh, they're 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 locked into the inflation for six months. Why did so, you recommend them? Because if people have cash laying around, their cash is worth less because of inflation. With inflation rates going up, your dollar buys less. And these are you're able to buy ten thousand dollars worth per social security number. Um, the interest rate you get on them are are um, they're tied to the inflation rate. And so I mean you're talking about like seven, eight, nine percent on these things, the most recent lock-in period. Um, and so the, the thought was that don't have ten thousand dollars cash sitting around because you know that $10,000 cash will only have like $9,800 worth of buying power or $9,600 worth of buying easy, power. Easy to convert back. 
yeah. easy to find. Yeah, it's, uh, there's no broker. It's all right down through the through the government website. So easy stuff. I I, was, I sent the link to a bunch of bunch of our listeners bought. Bunch of our listeners bought. Um, it's limited how much you can put in. That's the only that's the only thing. But I mean, look, it's it's part of a balanced investment strategy. Right? You always want to have something that has inflation. So people thought it was Bitcoin. Right now, you're holding your best stuff and basically trimming the fat. You're a big, you're a big trim the fat guy. When always. You're literally, you must trim the fat. Like, is it fair to say semi annually, twice a year? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost out of fat. <laughs> I'm almost Amazing. out of fat. That's what happens. I almost have no fat left to trim. Okay. I mean, I'd love to have some more fat because you trim the fat, you you know, you wind up with money. You wind up with money, but sometimes it's painful, like trimming that fat because you could have had more money if you never bought the fat. I mean, see, we call it fat, right? So, I mean, you're trimming the fat. Let's let's actually, you know, parse it out a little bit for some value for our audience. I, I do this, um, you know, when there are ebbs and flows in the hobby because, you know, what I consider fat changes over time, and it changes based on, you know, what I see in the marketplace. So right now. Honestly, because also I have a long-term window on most things that I think are going to be held. Now that changes sometimes. I'm selling that. I'm moving it. I don't care. But but my goal is to get down to cards that I don't mind holding and giving to Ian. That I don't mind holding for ten-year window and seeing if they go up like crazy. But so why the, not get a one-of-one one Mahomes? One-of-one one oh, Mahomes geez. gold. Dude, like, this is how- tough, man. It's very tough because because if you have a long-term window, you clearly see he's the best. Yeah, well, which one of one should you should I buy? The tape, the eye black. Like, what should I buy? Tell Not me which one. Show me pictures of the two that you think I should buy. The Show prism, me. the prism. <laughs> I can't afford his. No, but like, I get the derivative shit. But like, his prism. It's, there's one on on premiere right now. Honestly, the thing that scares me about Mahomes and why it's not something that I would put in my trimmed fat scenario. I my stuff is Babe Ruth. My stuff is Mickey Mantle. You know, my stuff is goats who have already done their thing and they're not going to 5X, they're not going to 10X, but they may 5 or 10X over a decade, which is great, right? I'm not going to get that, you know, Mahomes Super Bowl bump that may happen, you know, with, with big money now. Um, it's, I don't, especially with football, the, the problem I have, but maybe I'd buy something and put some small amount there just to have some fun, have some, you know, stake in the game, a little little, little different bet kind of deal. Um, it, it's more of a gamble. Is spending that kind of money on Mahomes, who's still playing, one, he may never win again. Now, I think he will win again, but one, he may never win again. If he never wins again, the cards are not going up from where they are. They're not. Okay? And number two, it's football. He's a quarterback. He plays a very dangerous sport, and he plays a very dangerous position. He could get hurt even from non-contact, especially the way that he plays the game. So there is a significant amount more risk to football. Is there more upside to a Mahomes card than buying a Mickey Mantle card? Sure. Upside? But with NFTs, your demeanor is so different. Well, NFTs was less about like, wow, I need to hold this thing forever. You were, let's be collectors. (laughs) I was was like, like all right, follow the money, you know? NFTs, you thought maybe we could, like, to me, I just, sometimes I don't get it because I'm like, either people really, really speculate and get, you know, get, who's the next X, right? Yeah. Or they go safe. But to me, you have like a guy like Mahomes, who's both of those. He's so safe because. But he's not safe. 
No one playing now is safe. Other than injury risk, he's as safe as they get, but yet people chase Allen Hurts to uh, – Yes, and there's a reason for that, Lord, right? And because they're the, they're the alternate, right? So so they're, they're, they're the alternate, right? So, I mean, why are you not buying Tom Brady? I think Tom Brady is a buy too. Okay, but but you're pushing Mahomes, and you've bought Mahomes and not Brady. Why? Because Brady's Brady, if he doesn't do a single thing, his his stuff is already legacy. You would like to think that, but so that's more me. You are more Mahomes. I would say to you, I'd rather be Brady, even though I haven't bought any Brady. I'd rather be Brady than Mahomes because I think everybody thinks Mahomes can be better than Brady. Is what your argument is? The Josh Allen crowd. Look, I'm part of this. You know, I was a Carmelo Anthony collector rather than LeBron James. That was a mistake. You know, that was, that was, that did not work out well for me. I was like, wow, everybody likes this guy. I'm going to go the other way. And that's what Josh Allen is too. That's what two is. That's what, that's what all these guys are. That That's what Jalen Hurts people love this season because, you know, when people were flaunting their Herbert cards and they were buying their Hurts cheaper, they, you want to find the guy that doesn't start here and have to do everything perfect to go up. You want to find the guy that's here and you can ride that train up because then you're right, you're making money the entire way. What people miss, though, is when to get off. And what's funny about it is, I'll give you a perfect example. You see a prospect in the whole deal. Anthony Simmons. Simons. Anthony Simmons. Simons. I call him that because he's basically a younger, if you say better Simmons, shooting guy. You. No, you're so you understand a... what I'm saying, right? So, so, so Anthony Simons who is the third best player on his team, okay? And he, he's a great young Youngest. player. He's very young. He's a great young player. He's a perfect example of this. And we know people who were in on him early, thought that he was a talent, were buying him for, for next to nothing, and have rode that wave of his cards up, 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 up. And he's performing well now, and the cards sell for a lot of money. I think even the biggest Anthony Simons prospector who's out there right now would say that they have expectations for him as a player that don't reach the level of an all-time great. That, that He's not going to be LeBron. He's not going to be Michael Jordan. He's going to be a lot better than anybody thought he was. He'd be an all-star. He'd be an all-NBA player. But so's Damian Lillard, right? So was Anthony Davis for quite some time. So was Kawhi Leonard. Like I think even if you got him to that level, you got to be thrilled. But if, if that's your, your upside for a guy like that, well, then even the most staunch supporters of him should be selling him now. Because what, what people miss, it's the forest for the trees, people who have been in this for even five years, right? They haven't seen a whole cycle of this. I watched what happens to the best quarterbacks. I watch what happens to the cards of Troy Aikman. I watch what happens to the cards of Joe Montana yeah. and Steve Young. Right and John Elway and Dan Marino, right? I watch all those cars. I watch the running backs. You, know, you love these running backs. I watch Jerry Rice, right? And and those cards. What eventually happens is people don't give a shit anymore. Why people care a little bit now is because you do the whole comparison thing. And you do the whole comparison thing, and it's and there's a whole marketing push behind it because there's only so many times you can market buying the hot quarterback of the week. No, now you have, to market. Actually the you have to pull your boat into the wharf and you have to market these things and say, mm-hmm. wow, if this goes for this, that Peyton Manning from way back in the day that no one was even looking at, that's got to be something important. And hey, 
if we're paying this much, Jerry Rice is the greatest of all time. Shouldn't his PMG? So, no so don't buy Peyton Manning. I bought Peyton Manning. I got caught up in the uh, I got caught up in the in the ritz and the glitz and the glamour and the bullshit. And if somebody offered me my money back on my Peyton Manning buys today, I probably would take it. So buy Mantle and buy Ruth. Cage's way on the hobby. Super fucking fun. Whoever said this is supposed to be fun? That's our literally our motto. Are you so having have fun. fun collecting these? That's these what cards. eating a Kit Kat in the yes, shower but you have fun is. It's fun. fun. But you have eating fun. a Kit Kat in the no, shower is gross. Fun. No, you're going to get melted chocolate over here. So my fun is different than yours. Your fun it's is flipping. Shower. Your fun is flipping the cards. Your fun is betting, basically. You're turning cards into betting. My fun is different than that. My fun is this is something I did as a kid. I want to own cards that I couldn't own before. I want to collect these things. Your fun is very different than mine, and there's no nothing wrong with either way of doing that. It's less fun for me to buy somebody and be basically worried that every time he uh, gets hit, that he's going to tear his ACL. You know what I mean? Like that—that's not fun for me. That's—I wouldn't do that. But but you and know, basketball. That that's that's, that's why I'm a dividend investor and not a penny stock buyer. You know, it's so when Jordan Belfort called you in the '80s. What did you say to him? I, I got said, this amazing. Stock. Get the ludes. I'm not going to die sober. That's what I said to him. I don't know what I had, George Belfort. Uh, sell me the damn pen, you bum. Um, no, dude. I mean, listen. Sign a million-dollar contract that we're putting together. Di- different ways of having fun. You'd right? buy the and pen, wouldn't you? I think you need it all, right? Because the, the I guess where I go, I, I need a pen, right? To sign a million-dollar contract. Everything's great. 100%. I hear you. Think about it this way. If you're right, and these guys' cards go up, and Fanatics comes in, and all these ultra-modern cards are valuable, and Mahomes' cards are valuable, and you're right, and Mahomes is the guy, Mahomes' cards' values go up, okay? And you win, right? But if Mahomes' cards' values go up, and more people come into the hobby, and everything is great, well, then you know what also probably goes up? Maybe not as much as Mahomes, but you know what also goes Babe up? Ruth. Babe Ruth, and Mickey Mantle, and Joe Montana. They, they, they trail your Mahomes' win. But here's where it gets fun, all right? For you to win, Fanatics has to come in and bring more people in to make your Mahomes worth more money and all this other fun stuff. That was not my calculation. What if what if Mahomes doesn't become the next great one? Josh Allen does, okay? Did you see, you're, Did you you, see his interception? Who else should I use? Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts? Trey Just Lance. give me another name, Trey Lance. What if Trey Lance becomes the next big thing? Then you're actually losing money on your Mahomes. But Trey Lance turns into the next big thing. And all these people are buying Trey Lance and all these people are buying cards and more people in it. Guess what? Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Joe Montana, they're all going up. Not so you're, Trey Lance. you're saying let the shiny new quarterback be your marketing engine that... But I don't have to pick the right one. As long as there is one, I win. Okay, Luca Nation, you heard it here first. Buy $50,000 cards. Good advice. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a $50,000 card. Somebody oh. somebody came in and gave us a very smart question in one of our chats, which we still go into every now and again, right? And they said, hey, I you do, have you as, much as, as much as 10 cards, did you read my answer? You were probably. Great answer. What did you say? So it was, you could buy as many as 10 cards with a $15,000 budget. What do you buy? Right now to put away. What do you what do you buy? Not buy a corner of a Honus Wagner card. No, I I gave I gave I think it was six or seven cards, but I gave I gave, you know, like a, a fifty-four air in, in PSA three. I gave a 
Clemente rookie in either three or four, uh, Jim Brown rookie, I think in like four or five, um, you know, iconic cards. Look at that PWCC iconic list cards that are still attainable and approachable at, you know, decent enough grades that allow you to get into them. I was looking at like 51 Bowman Mantle, but they're a little too expensive even a PSA one. But no, you don't have to buy $50,000 cards. You can buy $2,000 cards, $1,000 cards, and those will move. You can even go down lower, right? I mean, you know, what I've been looking at recently, you know, an AIH strategy, I'll give them credit on it, right, is buying those second, third, fourth, fifth year um, maze cards. You know, buy, don't have to buy the 51 Bowman or the 52 tops, buy 55, buy 57, you know? Buy 56, nice, nice, cool car with an action shot and the face on it. Buy it in PSA 3. It's a couple hundred bucks. It's less than you're paying for your Anthony Simons cards. Hmm. A lot of interesting points. Okay. What, I mean, what else other than your boring investment strategy into cards? But what's wrong with how I invest in cards? It's how I always have. Right? I mean, you've seen my Babe Ruth and my Luke Eriggs, and the, I, I mean, the slabs are so old on them because I've, I've, I've owned Babe them. Ruth. You know? Listen, there's also other, other there, there are things that scare me. You know, one of the things that, that we talked about with with um, Cardfather, and give him credit, Lou Genou, for being silly, but maybe having a point. They were talking about aging out, right? And, and the card shows back in the nineties, it was like everybody was white and forty-five years old. There was no diversity and no youngs, you know, no no youngsters coming in, no youth. Um, I was like, wow, shit, you know. I mean, this hobby can get silly. Lou Janu said, you know, if Joe Montana walked up to him in the street and punched him in the nose, he wouldn't know who he was. I mean, that's a little silly, but he did say that. So one of the things that worries me is, sure, Babe Ruth, right? Okay, I think everyone's gonna know who Babe Ruth is, but I have tobacco cards of Ty Cobb. You know, right now, those have value, right? Michael because, Jordan wasn't on your list of cards to buy. Right, because it's very hard to buy even a low-grade Michael Jordan and still build a portfolio up for ten or $15,000. So that was part of the reason. Also, I tried to stick with when cards weren't printed as much, and even when they were printed, they weren't saved. So I tried to stick with 50s because... The reason why those cards from the 50s have value is because nobody was putting them in penny sleeves. They're putting them in bicycle spokes. They're flipping them. So because everyone destroyed cards, that's why your cards are valuable. They're scarce. You guys heard it here first. Supply doesn't matter about the auction house buyer's premium cutting that from 20 to 10. Doesn't matter. Grading fees lower doesn't matter. Destroy every single (laughs) prism card you see starting now. Listen, if you, Put destroyed, them in your if, folks. if you destroyed a bunch, like if somebody went and bought, you know, a couple, a couple, a couple thousand PSA 10 Zions and melted them all down and roasted them all, sure, Zion stuff would go up. I wouldn't recommend it. It's kind of silly, but yes, it is. It does come down to supply and demand. So I didn't buy go to Jordan because there's a lot of buybacks. There's a lot of Jordan cards. Um, you know, what makes the Jordan, you know, crazy is, you know, it's scarce and high grade, uh, relatively scarce. No, but I mean, so so uh, sticking with me here, everyone's going to know who Michael Jordan is and everyone's going to know the Michael Jordan card. But, I mean, someone like me, I collected in the 80s. And, and I haven't trimmed the fat yet, or I don't think it's fat, of like, I have two Kirby Puckett cards, right? I have the 85 Topps Tiffany rookie um, with a PWCCI designation. I think like a PWCCE, like that 15%. It's a really nice looking card. They're very clean, crisp, you name it. 
it sells for like $5,000, right? I have thought about selling that. Not because I think it's a shitty card, not because I think it should be, you know, um, you know, worth less or worth more, or because I think it's quote fat that I should be trimming. But I do get concerned. Someone like you, who is not even young, right? You're younger than me. Ask me who the hell's Kirby Puckett and why do people care about him? I think we talked about him a few yeah, days. We ago. did. We talked about him last week, right? So and, and that brings it into my brain because you're like, who the hell's Kirby Puckett and why should I care? You're not gonna buy Kirby Puckett cards. My son. And his generation, when they grow up and they're the next people who are pushing the hobby, I think they may go after Mickey Mantle still. I think they may go after Babe Ruth still. But I'm not 100% sure that they go after Kirby Puckett or Ty Cobb. So there is still that. I mean, it's not, it's not as easy as go buy old shit that's not shiny. And even the old shit that's popular now might be popular because some of the guys with money are in their 50s and 60s, and that was cool for them. Or people like me who, you know, may buy a Duke Snyder card because that was my dad's favorite player, but you don't even know who the hell he is. Yeah, I think he's a mus- musician. Um, oh, he's the Duke of Flatbush, man. Play the outfield. Brooklyn Dodgers. Is there a play to be made on these Hall of Fame established guys who are having a secondary career in business or in media? Like, we we go to these autograph shows, and some guys are like just there to like sign and get out. Other guys are, I mean, Shaq, but the Shaq of like the eighties or seventies. Julius Irving's one I'm thinking about, who I actually think is he's going to be more and more and more revered as time goes on, at with his imprint on like basketball and the NBA behind the scenes. Could be, and he's also, I mean, you know, he's he has one rookie card nice and easy you I'll love the you. one rookie card you could argue though that his most iconic card is not even his rookie it's the fro on the net so one where he's the center of the magic and bird rookie oh i see i see what you're saying all right anything else no, I, you... I like that i think i would go a different way right maybe, maybe the mannings but maybe eli because peyton is already revered maybe eli because of their you know their career um i honestly don't know how media you know, impacts a couple of years here and there of being it. I mean, like, uh, do you find yourself buying Tony Romo cards because he's do- doing color? Tony Romo hates Mahomes. If I had a Tony <laughs> Romo card, I would have sold it after his absolutely biased commentary on on Mahomes. Anyone who doesn't get on their knees and acknowledge that no. Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time is is basically dead in my book. And secondarily, if they don't acknowledge how terrible Kirk Cousins is. I don't. I don't even want to hear it. Well, listen, we don't get plays, but I mean, I would seriously be considering. We give away all our good stuff here. That's why we love you guys. Looking at cards of Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, Don Mattingly's already had a fan, you know, a whole bunch of 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 support from his fans. So not so much, but Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, not so much Albert Bell. I don't really think he has a legitimate chance. Hotshot loves Albert Bell. But I mean, I like Albert Bell also. But he—he he was a Cleveland Indian. Is he the one that fan. decked that guy running for yeah, first? Yeah, Bell second? was just Bell. He was a beast. Um, but Fred McGriff played in the '80s, uh, played for Toronto, and played for the Braves, and was—he played right before steroids, right? He was one of the best players, perennial All Star, one of the best players of all time. Uh, finished with I think the Tampa Bay at the time Devil Rays, not just Rays, and I remember rooting for him as a kid because the numbers the counting stats meant something and he got 
very close to 500 home runs. I think he would retire with like 492 or even 496. Like if he if he was quitting today, they would somebody would let him stay and convince him to stay and get the 500 and monetize it, you know, in the uniform. I mean, he really tailed off and he tried to finish it up. But if you look, 492, 496, like he had other counting stats. He was, you know, he was never the best player in the league. He was, he probably wasn't even really top 10 MVP that. But his counting stats are great, and he got so close to that almost before steroids, almost automatic. You had five home runs, 500 home runs, you were in. I mean, he he was also a good guy. Had a cool nickname, the Crime Dog. Uh, Fred McGriff, you know, like McGruff, crime dog, um, and just a great player. Same thing, Dale Murphy, right? Was clean, um, but you know, wasn't no no steroid kind of, you know, like um, like dark shadow being cast on him. Played before that, uh, rookie in the seventies, was the face of the Braves franchise for a very long time. Those guys are up for the next Hall of Fame vote in December for like the like the recent times committee. I forget what the hell it's called, but they're also voting on like Bonds and Clemens and Schilling and those guys. I think that McGriff, Dale Murphy, their cards are nothing. Like they're, they're literally nothing. McGriff's got a cool like 86 Donruss rookie card. It was the same year as like Jose Canseco. Um, he's got some cool cards that are probably pennies on a dollar. Harold Baines got in the Hall of Fame and it surprised the hell out of everybody. And all of a sudden, his 81 tops card, like 10x overnight. The same kind of thing could happen from McGriff, Dale Murphy, those guys. I'd keep an eye on that. I'm pretty sure the vote is like December 4th or something like that. It's like coming up soon. Um, and, you know, it's like a 16 person panel. It's not like the writers, it's a committee for the Hall of Fame committee. And I think you have to get 12 of the 16 votes to get in. Just something to keep an eye on. Um, those guys' cards don't. They're not really going to go down. Like the downside is not there, but there is some potential upside. If you want a sneaky little gamble play, Lucanation, a brain dump episode. I think it's this is chaos for me, but maybe you guys love it. People love the Monday brain dumps. They, they love it. You know, what jargon or what slang don't you understand? Drop it in the comments. Kit Kats in the shower had what does that mean? Perplexed the entire day. Cousins, Mahomes, you know, Cage's theory on investing and a lot of really good points. Um, annoying, but good points nonetheless. And we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Forget um, everything I said. Just buy Mahomes, hand over fist. It's Mahomes, Mahomes, and Mahomes. Well, here's where cards are interesting, confusing, fun. I know I knew before the season that Mahomes is gonna have a way better year than all those guys, but I, that didn't necessarily mean that his card prices would do the same. And there's a bit and then even if his card prices did the same, which cards do you buy of him? So there's think about that. Three layers. Picking the quarterback, hoping that that quarterback's performance dictates card prices, and then hoping that those card prices are the cards you're holding. So it's like it's a trifecta. So it's all fun. It's hard. Look at the learnings. Look at the learnings. Look at the learnings of Andrew Goldberg. You could be right. Look at the baby. I'm the asshole. I'll never eat here. <laughs> so that's another episode we have black jaded wolf uh uncaged coming out wednesday pwcc recap um from cajun some really interesting opportunities from a buying standpoint he goes into that the comments are fascinating so that's another episode premiere ends on thursday it's a very much a bellwether auction of how the hobby does it. i'm high bidder on three items right now or premiere none of them are homes luke garrick Ty Cobb's like underwear and then baby Ruth's like one Luca, one Babe Ruth, one Mickey Mantle. I'm a high bidder on three cards right now. Uh, 
Luca gives him more confidence because he's so beloved and he doesn't play football where he gets smashed all the time. So that's another episode. Cage, thank you for bringing the house down. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.